this is Michelle from Lost to Light. I'm here in the studio with my beautiful co-host, Angie Hansen. Angie, how are you today? Good. How are you, Michelle? Good, yeah. Busy, it's fall. Oh gosh, I know. It's like it's 80 today here, and then Saturday 40, and maybe right. snow. Yeah, get your <laughs> get your snow pants out. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we are joined by uh, somebody that I've known for a long time. Her name is Bets Bloom Jones. Bets was raised in Omaha, Nebraska. And she married somebody from Shelby County, Iowa, in the Harlan area, which most viewers by now know that's where I grew up. So I first met Betts years ago when we were, I don't know, at some like establishment in Council Bluffs. But then years went by and I got to know Betts after my husband passed away because her and her husband, Rick, ran the monument place in Harlan. So I went to Betts to order my headstone. And Betts then uh, went through her own tragedies. Um, so I think I'm just gonna let Betts come on and introduce herself, tell us a little bit about herself. And then Betts, we'll just let you start talking about what happened many years ago on this date. Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. I am Betts Jones. I um, am from Omaha, Nebraska, like Michelle said. I live in Harlan now with my two kids. I married Rick and we managed a monument company. And um, today I'm telling you about my journey because today is the day 13 years ago that mine actually started. Um, my husband and I were installing a veterans monument in Avoca, Iowa, and um, Rick and I had been managing Midwest Monument for a while. Um, like Michelle said, she had came and seen us. It's a family business that was actually owned by his dad, who was um, owner of several funeral homes here in Harlan. Um, Rick had this really big project that we were working on that he was extremely excited about. Um, it was a veterans monument for Avoca, Iowa. It was something that he was happy to do, proud of. It was just something that we were working on together. And quite honestly, it was a huge piece of granite. I was very afraid of it. Um, we were getting it ready for the big installment. And the day that we were putting up the monument, um, it slipped on its base and I happened to be walking by. Now, mind you, this is a 6,000 pound monument and it slipped, fell, crushing my legs and landed on my right toes. Mm. I was life flighted from Avoca, um, had breaks, including compound fever on my femur on my left leg, broken tib fib, open fractures of my skin um, on the knees, um, right leg was broke. And like I said, it landed on my toes. So my toes were amputated right there at the scene. Oh, wow. 13 years ago today. Yes. I, I remember that. I mean, I, I, I 
remember hearing about it. It, it, you know, being from Harlan, small town, so many people were so worried about you. And I followed your story, you know, on Facebook and just friends filling me in. Take us back to what it was like when you realized the total impact of what had happened to you. Well, you know, I spent five to seven days in intensive care. I had many, many surgeries, including debriding, um, muscle relocation on my left. I wore external lip fixators, external fixators. I'm not real good with the terminology of that. <laughs> That's a big mouthful anyways. It, it is. <laughs> um, and endured maybe 12 to 15 surgeries, you know, overall with the skin grafts and removal of the hardware and putting in more hardware, et cetera. Um, you know, one thing Rick and I did, we celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary in the intensive care unit because our anniversary is October 26th. So that was kind of a weird way to celebrate, I guess, your anniversary, but I had no choice. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was really grim for a while because the night of the accident, they had said that, um, with the, um, and I don't know medical terminology that well, but they had said with the type of injuries that I sustained, the, uh, muscle mass or your muscle could back up into your kidneys and it would, you know, they hoped that my kidneys would not shut down. And on top of that, they were talking about doing a double amputation of both of my legs because of the severity of the injuries. Wow. How old were your children? You have a boy and a daughter. Yes. My son happened to be there with us that day. And I thank God to this day that it was me instead of him because we were both walking by at the same time. And for some reason he moved, I'm not sure why. And I couldn't get out of the way fast enough. So that was um, very traumatic for him. He was 13 and my daughter was 15 at the time. Wow. I can't, I, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, just at that moment, um, the emotions, probably what were going through your, through your mind, did you, did you think you were even going to survive? I did not know. I mean, my body went into shock. I do remember telling my husband and my son that I loved them. And then of course they give you whatever they're going to give you and you're put out. And you, I woke up three days later in intensive care. So I, it was just, uh, it's hard to relive. And today, oh, it's just one of those days. It's not good. Yeah. So when, um, I'm just out of cur out of curiosity. So did they have to, obviously they had some sort of machine there to probably lift that monument off of you if it was so heavy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So they had yes. to lift that off of you and, um, okay. Bets, tell us what happened after you, how long were you in the hospital altogether? Cause I'm sure you were in intensive care, then acute, and then you probably went to rehab, I imagine. Yes, correct. I was in the hospital for a month and then I went to rehab down at Emmanuel for a month as well. I actually came home on December 23rd, 2010. Oh, right before Christmas. What a right gift. Right before Christmas. Yeah. Yes. What a gift. 
it was a gift because you know you for me you just didn't know uh, what was going to happen it was so scary because every day it was a matter of is everything okay with my legs um when am i going to walk again am i ever going to walk again and it was pretty grim because they kept saying you'll probably never drive again and if you walk you'll have a funny gait and all the unknowns were so scary it's always the scariest part of anything i think yeah right so right for sure let's fast forward a little bit and tell us about your husband rick and what what happened to rick what i had gone through nothing nothing could have prepared me for what was going to happen eight months later um, on june 3rd 2011 Rick had a motorcycle and, you know, I need to go back a little bit because that monument that had fallen on me broke. So they had to get a new one and he had to get that done by Memorial Day. I mean, he worked yeah. like crazy to get that done. Well, he got it done by Memorial Day. So June 3rd, it, it was like a weight was lifted off his shoulders, you know, taking care of me and making sure that got completed and set up because it was so important for him to get that finished by Veterans Day or Memorial Day, excuse me. And he just said to me, I'm going to go for a short little motorcycle ride and I'll be back. And okay, I didn't think much about it. Um, he never came back. My best friend, Cindy and I happened to be at the house that night and we were watching TV. And I don't remember a lot about that night, but I do remember Rick's brother, Mike, coming in and sitting on the bed next to me saying, Rick has been in an accident. He's breathing, not responsive, and he's being life flighted to UNMC. It was the longest ride from Harlan to Omaha that I've ever had in my entire life. And I know you both come from very supportive families. And, and so for listeners that don't really know your family, Rick comes from a very prominent family in Harlan in that his, as you mentioned earlier, his father ran the funeral home. So small town, um, he, he was the person. There's only two funeral homes in town. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that family. Mm-hmm. So the community, I think, really came around you at that point. The community, it, they were amazing. Um, I can't say enough about Shelby County. They helped with my kids. Everybody, you know, pulled together and made sure they were taken care of. Helped with, I mean, the meals and Michelle, you know, small communities are just amazing. They are. They're amazing. No. Now, Rick didn't pass away immediately, right? He did not. He was in intensive care for a week. It, uh, another long, long week of my life of unknowns. You know, the doctor had told us the night that I got to the ER that Rick had global catastrophic head injuries and I looked at him and actually I was still in my wheelchair because I had had a surgery a few months before that and I still had not walked yet. So Rick had not seen me walk at all yet. 
And he didn't even get down to my level. He just kind of said to me, there's nothing we can do. They do not survive this. And I'm thinking I'm a 44 year old widow with two kids. Not to mention you're still recovering yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. I had not even walked yet since October 23rd, 2010. Wow. That's yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, you know, you talked about Bets. you know, um, it just hits me every time I hear this, um, you know, cause I lost my son and he was also life flighted to the med center. And so when I hear these stories and then one of our other guests previously, um, a good friend of ours, um, Becky, her husband mm -hmm. was killed by, he was on his motorcycle. Same, same thing. I'm just going to go out for a drive and he never came home. And, you know, it's just, you hear these and it just, it just takes you. I mean, it just, it connects you, connects us all in so many aspects that it's absolutely amazing to me. And, um, that's why I just have this, why we're doing this, you know, because we, we are all the same, but we're all different. And these journeys that we're all on people, if they're listening and hearing this, you know, they're going to know, I mean, how, I mean, I don't like to say how strong all the time, but we are all strong, amazing people. We're warriors. We are warriors. And I mean, to, to know that someone that you love unconditionally is being life lighted, you know, that's when I heard that about my son, I, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that that's obviously not good, you know, and not knowing anything, you know, going on either, Exactly. you know, I'm right. just like, but I just sure. know you're getting life lighted. Something bad is happening, you know, and correct you yourself knew that because of what you had just went through prior to, you know, in October. So, wow. I want to take a moment um, because, you know, Angie and I are both, you know, moms too. And we had to um, parent our children during really tough times. Can you talk a little bit about the parenting that you went through both after your accident and then the loss of Rick, how, how it affected your children and, and how you found your way through that as a parent? Well, of course, you know, when my accident happened, Brad had seen it, my son was there. So that was a little difficult for him um, my daughter was not there, but, you know, spent a lot of time with me at the hospital. And how old and, was your daughter at the time? Uh, 15. Oh, okay. She was 15. Brad was 13. Okay. And, you know, I, I wasn't able to be there for a lot because I was in the hospital, but I just, I don't know. I just kept telling them that someone always has it worse and we'll get through this and one day at a time and let's just make sure, you know, we stick together, stay together. And it, it, it was hard for them, of course, but I mean, it's just something you have to do. You have no choice. Right. Right. So then when Rick passed away, um, I, I just, I can't even imagine because I know what it's like for me with one child who my daughter was 15 too. And I was, right. when it happened to me, I was 45. So I was in your age range too. 
I did not have the added stress of a physical ailment that I was dealing with at the exact time. I just, I'm just blown away how you made it through that. You, well, you really are a bit of a hero <laughs> in many people's eyes. I agree. Well, you're very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, tell me how you found your, what, how did you find your light? I mean, what was it that kept you going? I'm sure it was your children, but when you were facing so many obstacles with your health and then dealing with the loss of your spouse and the other part that to me was always something I thought was from a, from the outside looking in, I always thought to myself, how are they doing that? Because when I think of you, the professions that you, you and your, the Jones family were in, you know, dealing with death and grief and loss and all those components. Mm -hmm. I know as a nurse, that is what I can compare it to as a nurse. You're the nurse on this side of the bed, but boy, once you cross over and you're in the bed as a nurse, it's really hard to do. Right. Can you right. share some of what that was like for you when it came time to design the headstone even? Like, that's what you guys did for a living. I, that was, uh, you know, really tough for me. I basically let my father-in-law help me with that. He did a lot of that design. I actually put, you know, had a little bit of input on what I wanted on it. It was um, just one of those things that, you know, he wanted to be a part of as a dad and my kids, gosh, they, they played a little bit of a part of it, but it was just, as you know, Michelle, that was a hard thing to do. It was so hard. And you held, it, you held my hand through that. You know, you did. I found so much comfort every time I had to reach out to you. And so when I heard that Rick had died, my heart just sank. And I thought to myself, I have to go see Bats. And I did. I came to visit you. I know. And that was hard. very appreciated. Yeah, that's great. Just yes, thank you. To go through. And then for our listeners too, like this is another thing that I, I sit kind of, you know, on the sidelines looking in, you know, um, Rick's dad, who is very, you know, Dick Jones, very well known in Harlan. Like he has touched so many lives because of being the funeral director. That's that is true. I first got to know him. It was when, you know, my own dad died when I was 25 and I just bonded with him and, and his wife. So that he passed away, it's been two years or one year, one and a half year? Uh, two years, two, two years. years. Yeah. Okay. So that was a big, big connection to Rick for you, his dad. It, it was a huge connection and another huge connection for my kids as well. Right. Sure. Right. So that must have been yet another layer of grief for you that came, came back to your connection to Rick, the connection to even your, your accident, because it's, it was all wrapped up into your livelihood. Right. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So how did you find your way through it? What was, what kept you, what kept you together? Well, Rick was an organ donor. So that was huge for us. He had, he donated his heart, his liver, um, a recipient got kidney pancreas and another recipient got another kidney. 
the other kidney, excuse me. And that's kind of been seeing their, seeing their lives go on. And, you know, my daughter got married five years ago and she actually sent this beautiful letter to all of the recipients when we were able to get in touch with them. And the heart recipient came to her wedding and and before that, we had gone and seen him and had dinner with him. And she got to hear his heartbeat oh. through her thes- stethoscope because she's a nurse. Oh. So, you know, and, and then three of them came to the wedding. So that was a bright spot in her wedding day that she could have a part of her dad there. Oh, my goodness. I think that's absolutely amazing. And I think, yes. I, I think that's something really important for listeners to um about the own, just to donor. think about, about being an organ donor and how that carries on, not just, you know, I mean, you're not just, you're not just giving life, you're giving, you're continuing life for your daughter and for your family as well. I mean, yes, just, yes, for know, sure. That's how I kind of see it a little bit. I, I'm not really familiar with the, cause we couldn't do it for my yeah. late husband because he, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was in a crash and he died instantly. And so. Yeah, there wasn't, we, we couldn't give organs. Um, but the process of that, how long did it take until you could find out who the recipients were? It was about seven years before we could find out who they were. Any letters that we had sent, we could write to them, but everything had to go through the Nebraska organ recovery services, the Norse people in Nebraska. And we couldn't, they were very particular on what we wrote and how we sign things, et cetera. We couldn't put anything about ourselves other than our first names. Wow. Was that to protect your identity? It was for both, both people, both sides of it, I guess. And so then um, how is that? So after seven years, then does that organization reach out to both of you and say, do you want to meet the recipients? And then they reach out to the recipients and say, are you, do you want to, you know, reach out to the donor's family? How's that work? Yes, that's exactly what happened. They had sent us a letter saying it, it's been so many years. If you guys would like to know who it is, please let us know. And is it okay for us to give them your information as well? And so then they give your information and then the recipients, if they want to meet you, they reach out to you. That is correct. And so is correct. in all, how many of those recipients reached out? Five? Did you say? The, no, um, three of them came to the wedding. We've actually met three. And then the the one lady who received Rick's kidney, she lives on the East Coast. And she had sent us a letter when we were given all the information. We were given theirs. They were given ours. And she had just said, um, Rick's kidney, she eats better, smells better, Um life is just better, but we have never met her at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, but that's good that she did reach out to you and, um, just to know that he's, he is like part of him is living on is amazing. For sure. Yes. That's absolutely amazing. So tell us about your life today, Bets. Um, you know, about your disability, like I know you are employed, you are working, um, you live a pretty full life, right? I do. Yes. I work at the hospital or the clinic here in Harlan. I have a boyfriend. 
I um, we're not married. We've been together for about 10 years. Um, my kids, you know, they're doing amazing. They're wonderful, educated, both have great jobs, doing amazing. I'm surprised because, you know, they've dealt with a lot for the last 13 years. And I'm very, very happy on how they have turned out. And, you know, like I said, my daughter's a nurse. She wanted to go into that field because of my accident in Rick's and Brad is just Brad living his life. And <laughs> I love that. I love that. So yes. where, where are you at physically? Can you let people know our listeners where you're at physically? I mean, um, time you didn't think you could walk, but, yeah. but I know that you, you do. I do. Yes. Physically. Um, you know, I'm not able to bend, kneel, sit on the floor. I, I, I can walk. I can do anything I want to do. I, just, you know, I lost part of my foot, so I have to wear a brace, but I get through that and, you know, it's, it's good. Life is good. Wow. I, I can see that on your face. Um, for sure. <laughs> I love that. And, um, that's a testament to, uh, I don't know who you are at <laughs> your core. And I think and Angie and I can both speak from like our daughters have gone through stuff too with their losses. And it right. is, it's so empowering to see your children do well when you know personally what they went through. Mm -hmm. You know, people Correct. on the outside might know what they went through. They might guess, but they really don't know like the mom knows or yeah. the dad knows yeah. what they have gone through and what they had to overcome. So I think that's a testament to you as a mom that despite everything that you've gone through, to see your children blossom like they did is says a lot about you, Bets, and, and 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 about Rick too, because he was there while you were recovering initially until his death. Oh, I mean, he he was amazing. He did he did things no husband should have to do. <laughs> he just he could figure anything out, and I just wish he could have seen me walk again. Well, he, he, he's got a good view of you walking. I believe oh, that's my belief. <laughs> um, um, I've, I think that he, he's watching you live and he's living through you and he's living through the kids. So, um, you know, so we're going to start kind of, um, wrapping it up a little bit, Bets. Um, just, um, you know, we like to ask our listeners or, or not our listeners, <laughs> our guests for our listeners, um, we like to kind of end like with a quote or a saying from a book or a song that helped you get through your journey, um, whether it was through your own personal um, injury journey or through your, you know, your journey of losing Rick. Um, do you have something you want to sh share with us? Yeah, before I do that, I, I mean, of course, family. Family is everything community is everything i could i mean my best friends were there for me my family rick's family they everybody was amazing and i just don't know if i could have made it through without them i agree community is um i am from a small town here in nebraska and um, when my husband died and our son died um, community was very important for us too. That's where we got through as well. I, I can echo the same. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of support from my community, yeah. my people, and 
you are right. so right. And Bess, I just, you know, I'm one of your fans. Uh, I've always admired what you went through and how you came through the end of it. You know, you, you, it was a dark tunnel, but boy, you got through it and look at you now. It, it was, it was a dark tunnel. I, I if at that 13 years ago, if someone would have asked me where I was today, where I'd be 13 years later, I don't know that I could have told them. I, it was just, you're right. It was dark. It was very dark. And, and before we actually wrap up, I want to again, tell you, thank you for being part of my grief journey. When I went to you, she designed our headstone. It's absolutely beautiful. I imagine I'll have to see that. Don't yeah. yeah. So um, can't thank you enough for holding my hand during that time. Cause it was so hard. Wow. Oh, you're welcome, Michelle. Yeah. You're welcome. I do. I do have my little, I do have something that it gets me through every day. It's the serenity prayer. Okay. Go ahead and say it, please. God grant me this serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Perfect. It's my all time favorite. And that's, I think for our listeners, honestly, I think, um, they need to hear that and it needs to re it'll resonate with them because that's our whole motto right here is from loss to light. And no matter what your loss is, you lost a part of yourself in your accident and then you losing your husband and you have found the light and I love it. Right, right. You're great inspiration for many people. And I thank you for agreeing to come on because I know your story Many people know about it and many people have admired you and the people that are listening are going to take away something from what you said today and what mm -hmm. you shared. Yes, I agree. And I just met you, but Michelle's talked highly of you and she's just like, we're getting bets on here. <laughs> oh, well, that's very sweet. And I said, you. okay, well, let's get her up here. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, in close, we just, we really appreciate you being on here, Bets, and, um, you know, for all our listeners out there, um, stay tuned. Michelle and I have many, many wonderful guests coming on here, including all our other guests. Go back and listen to the amazing, um, episodes that we've had on prior. Um, if you've missed any, There's some really good ones out there. We, yes. and they yes, are, there are. Nice. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm getting messages how it's touching people's so lives. I, I've been receiving messages as well. And so we just, we really appreciate you as a community being here. And so please just really like, review, subscribe, you know, all the above. Share. Share um, and that just really helps our podcast get out there. And um, we appreciate you guys being along on the ride. And then I want to add that um, with my little business that I have, butterfliesandhalos.com, if you go there and you purchase anything, I have um, a discount for all our listeners. It's podcast 15, and then you can get 15% off of your purchase. So, and um, I do have a lot of amazing holiday cards on there, and that's all coming up. So, and then I'm just going to, for those people that follow my journey, I wrote the book, Better Not Bitter journey from heartache to healing. Um, it should be out on audible soon. Uh, I'm hoping by the end of the year, I've got it out there so that people that 
maybe don't like to read a book are able to tune in and listen to the book. I'm so excited for you. I'm actually not narrating it. There's a lady from Oklahoma. Her name's Alyssa Branch. And let me tell you, she's got a voice. It's amazing. I'm I'm an awesome job for that. So excited too. So excited. Beth, thanks again for coming on with us today. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Beth.